I am uh, continuing my lessons over in First Peter. We have made it to chapter two. Uh, if you weren't here for those lessons, I'll catch you up real quick. The a group of Christians that are on the in present day Turkey, they're on the southern port of the portion of the Black Sea, and Peter is writing these letters unto them. To, uh, they're away from all other Christians. They're being persecuted by the Romans. Uh, Nero is, I believe, in charge at the time. Uh, Christians have been accused of burning down portions of Rome, so they're getting chased after. Uh, the Jews don't like them. There's a good portion of them, uh, from the way this letter is written, they, uh, that were former Jews. Thank you, sir. And uh, so the Jews don't like them either, so they left. And things aren't going good for them, and they're kind of wanting to go back to their old ways, you know? I mean, we're kind of creatures of habit. Things aren't going good. Let's just, let's just go home. Let's go back to what we were doing, you know, just kind of, kind of leave. I mean, things aren't good here. Uh, so Peter's writing these letters to them, encouraging them to, to keep the faith. And that's what he did in the first chapter of his letter. He told them to keep the faith. Remember what happened. Remember that Christ died for you. He died for your sins. So we're going to be picking up this letter uh, in chapter 2. We're going to begin at verse number 1. And there's a lot of this stuff that... Uh, It, it it's hard to understand unless you were a Jew, and that's what I've I've taken from. And it took a lot of a lot of backtracking to to figure out what exactly he was saying. And I guess if you were of the children of Israel, and not necessarily a Jew, but of the children of Israel, you might better understand uh, understand what Peter's talking about. He says, "Wherefore laying aside all malice and all guile and all hypocrisies and envies and all evil speaking." As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. If so, ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. You know this, I know this letter does not, was not written to, to us today, but it, it does apply. This first, the first verse, the malice, the guile, the hypocrisies, the envies, these evil speakings, as a church, as a group of Christians, we can't have those things in the church. It will not function. It doesn't function. We have to lay those things aside. There are some scholars who believe that Peter's writing this letter to a bunch of Christians that are, are newly converts. As newly converts, as babes, we have to put these things behind us. That's part of that repentance. We turn away from these evil things and we look to the way that Christ would have us to live. And that's what Peter is reminding them of. He says, His newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word. What is that milk? Those first teachings? Mothers in here, how often did you feed your child whenever it was a baby? 
I think Bronwyn told me every three hours for a preemie, Travis and Jack, every two. How often do you study the Bible? How often do you meditate on God's Word? Every two hours? Every three? Another thing about babes. If they're not eating, what's wrong? One, they're either sick or they're ready for steak. They either want something stronger or they need to go to the hospital. I ask you to consider your life this morning. Are you a babe in Christ? Are you growing to get to where you can enjoy that prime rib? Or are you sick and do you need help? Hebrews 5 verse number 12 says, For when for, for, when for the time you ought to be teachers, ye have need that, that one teach you again, which is the first principles of the oracle of God, and become such as have need of milk and not strong meat. Continuing on verse number 4, it says, To whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God, and precious, Ye also as lively stones are built upon a spiritual house at holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So now we have the curveballs. We, we, we talk about something that we completely understand and makes total sense, and then we go into architect. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not Peter. I'm not the one that wrote this, but I would make it flow a little bit better. But these are the next verses, so this is what we're going to study a good portion of this morning. The Jews of the time understood the temple. They understood the temple at Jerusalem. They understood a cornerstone. Jesus Christ is that cornerstone. He says, we are the lively stones. Now then, I have not done very much architectural building of any sort, but my dad and my uncles taught me how to stack hay whenever I was, I don't know, I've stacked a few bells. And we did it the way granddad told us to do it, and that was, that was it. That was the end of the conversation. You do how granddad tells you, and that's it. I will tell you one thing about stacking square bells, small square bells. If you don't get a good foundation and it starts to weave in or weave out one way or the other, by winter time, the thing's going to be falling down. We would stack hay out in the pastures. we put them in a pyramid stack. Sheds water a lot better. Doesn't run near as many bells when they get wet. Same thing applied. You know, I, the foundation is critical. If you don't have it, it will fall apart. As Christians, we need to align ourselves with that cornerstone. And if we don't, and you can look in today's society, if you do not align yourself, the church, with that cornerstone, that church will crumble and it will fall. And there will be nothing left of it. You can go out through society, even there's might even be churches here in Wheeler County that are not aligned with Christ and the cornerstone. And one day, 
It will fall. We are to build that spiritual house. So we are a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. You know, the people that were hearing this, they were, they were used to priests. They were used to somebody making a sacrifice for them. And now Peter's telling them, you're the temple. You're the priest. You're the sacrifice. It's you. It's on you. You make up God's church. You are the church. You are that temple. You are that priest. You are the sacrifice. Hebrews 13, verse number 15 says, By Him therefore let us offer up sacrifices of praise to God continually, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. In Romans 12, verse number 1 and 2, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We as Christians are the living sacrifice. We need to have that transformation of mind. Going back to what Peter was talking about in chapter 1, he said, gird up the loins of your mind. Why? Why guard yourself? Because you live in this world, this world of sin, and to make yourself a living sacrifice, you have to guard your mind 24-7. Verse number 6 says, Wherefore also is contained in the Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Peter's prophecy, the prophecy he's talking about is in one of those that's in Isaiah. These people that he's writing this letter to, like I said earlier, they're trying to go back to what they knew. You know, this, this letter, uh, uh, date-wise, somewhere around 60 A.D. Christianity is pretty new. There's a lot of people that, that look at it and, and don't believe. And these Christians at the time, they were, they were starting to, to doubt, I guess you could say. They were starting to look at everything else. What the, this area that they lived in did not serve one God on the southern part of the Black Sea, they served oodles and gobs of gods. They had a god for everything. And that's what you're surrounded by. So do you, do you keep the faith? Or do you look at what everybody else is doing saying right now, everybody's being, we as Christians are being persecuted, let's just kind of blend in. I like blending in personally. I really like blending in. I don't like to draw attention to myself. I went a whole year in a company in the military and the first sergeant didn't even know who I was. There was less than a hundred of us in there. It's like, Huff, who's sergeant? Who's, who's private Huff? I don't know. Yeah, right here. Been here for over a year. Didn't even know who I was. That is flying below the radar right there. You're being persecuted? You dang right. 
yeah, I'll bow down to whoever as long as you don't look at me, as long as you don't kill my family. Peter's reminding them not to forget. He brings in these Old Testament Scriptures to make them realize that this is prophesied about you cannot go back to being who you were to being a Jew because it does not exist anymore. That is done away with. That perfect sacrifice has come. That cornerstone is here. Line yourself with that cornerstone. Unto you, therefore, which believe He is precious, but unto them which is dis be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. Once again, back in Isaiah, Peter quoting Old Testament Scripture. And he shall be a and he shall be for a sanctuary, but for a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense to both the house of Israel, for a gin and for a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Isaiah eight fourteen. I want to ask you this morning, you take offense to the word? Does it make you stumble? There's a lot of people I know that will reject him. They don't want to have anything to do with Christianity anymore. The society that we live in here in the United States, we live kind of in the middle, so it helps out a bunch. You get on the east and west coast, oh man, you're crazy. Well, it, that's nuts. Man, are you talking about a God? You ever seen a God before? And if you don't see, there's no reason to believe. Right? Well, you talk, you, you're talking foolishness. Are you telling me that somebody created us? No, man. We, we came from a lizard or something. We just kind of evolved into something that's standing on two legs. Before long, history's going to repeat itself. It always does, right? That's what, at least that's what I've been told. Whenever Alexander the Great First conquered. He went through and he conquered. He stayed in control because he gave the people a choice. See, you can keep serving your God. It's just that whenever I call on you, you come, we fight, we control more land. I'll make the head guys that, that are in control, your kings and everything, they get to keep their position. You get to keep serving your gods. It's all going to be cool. Right? Well, fast forward, keep going. And the next thing you know, the Jews and the Christians are being persecuted. Why is that? One reason and one reason only. They serve one God and one God only. And they're not quiet about it. You think history is going to repeat itself? I see that it is. Brother Jim gave a lesson on talking foolishness, I guess, is what it was, or what I got out of it. He said, you start speaking out as a Christian, they're going to put you in the nut house. To believe that, it's not accepted. 
They don't, nobody wants to hear about it. Man, you just keep that to yourself. You're a Christian. You just keep that to yourself. We don't, we don't want to hear it. Right? There are some jobs that they'll fire you or they'll put you on permanent leave if you talk about your faith. And that goes for all religions, I hope. Or is it just Christianity? Because all I see is the Christianity part is the one that's being persecuted for it. Everybody else is being accepted. We're accepted of everything, unless you're a Christian. These people are facing the same thing. They're facing that persecution because they speak out. First Corinthians one, verse number twenty-one through twenty-four says, "For after they, for after that, in the wisdom of God, in the world by wisdom, know not God." It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. I think it's foolishness. You're telling me that, that Christ, the Son of God, came and made His church, His holy temple. Well, I don't see that temple. You're telling me that you can destroy it and build it back up in three days. Isn't that what He told them? They didn't see it. They didn't believe it. The Grecians thought it was foolishness. You're telling me there's only one God? No. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of His darkness into His marvelous light, which in time past were not of a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. All can seek salvation. All can be forgiven. You don't need a priest. You don't need multiple priests. You don't need an altar. There's neither no longer Jews nor Gentiles. Jesus tore down that barrier. But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For He is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition, of partition between us. That was the hardest thing that the Jews, they didn't want to swallow that one. You're telling me that we're not the chosen people anymore? You're telling me that everybody is accepted into heaven? That's right. No, we're all we're all stones. We're all lively stones. And the great thing about being a lively stone is that we can align ourselves with Christ and we can build that beautiful church. We don't all look alike. We're not bricks, we're stones. 
There's a Christian to your right and to your left. You don't look like them. You don't have the gifts that they do. But you all can make up the church. It takes a good foundation to build on. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. As Christians, we need to be as Christ would have us to be, to be like Him. James 1, 14-16 says it, but, it, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin when it is finished bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. We are, we need to put those things aside. We need to put those things behind us and do as Christ would have us to do. Be the Christian that Christ would want us to be. To be that church. He goes on to talk about having a, your conversation honest among the Gentiles. People watch you. They see you. Can they say, Brother Britt Doty is a Christian? Have your conversation honest among the Gentiles. That whereas they speak against you as evildoers, that they may, by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. I gave a lesson one time, years and years ago, over evangelizing. I gave it at Dozier. Brother Charles Shields came up to me afterwards. He said, you know, some of the loudest words that people will ever hear are your actions. There are some people in this world that do, will not listen to a word that you have to say, but they'll see your actions. I ask you this morning, are you living as a Christian? Is your life in line with that cornerstone? If it's not, I encourage you to get there. There's a parable about a man who built his house upon the sand. The rains ascended and the floods came and beat upon that house and great was the fall of it. How is your life, your spiritual life today? Are you built off that cornerstone or are you built on the sand? If you're here today and you are not a Christian, we can help you with that. No, there's, you will be persecuted in one way or the other. No, there's, it comes in all different shapes and forms. People will make fun of you, yeah. But on that day of judgment, you'll have the blood of Christ. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.